everybody. Welcome to Recruiting Daily Sourcing School Podcast. We are live at HR Tech in Las Vegas. It is me. It is Ryan Leary. It is Shally Steckel. And Ryan's going to introduce our guest from Higher Logic. What's going on? Mr. Rich Mendez. Hey, guys. Good to be here. Rich, thanks for coming on. We're well, excited. Uh, to- he didn't match your energy. <laughs> said, uh, hey, Rich, how you doing? I'm doing great. <laughs> all, right, all, right, all right. Okay. <laughs> So, Rich, uh, you know, it is a the afternoon has kind of taken a little bit of a dip. There's still an energy. There's still a charisma that's going on on the floor. Can you tell the people who did not make it out to HR Tech, who should have come to HR Tech, what the vibe is? What are the feels? This is actually my first time, and I'm pretty impressed uh, for an HR Tech conference. Um, we got a lot of uh, a lot of vendors, different sizes, uh, from all the way from small startups to some of these names, which probably everyone in HR recognizes, and uh, it's nice to see, uh, you know, the, the mix, and, and good to see all the AI stuff, which uh, we're involved in as well. First tick on the bingo card, AI stuff. We should have done that. We should have had a card. There you go. That, that, Actually, tomorrow, let's just draw it here. Uh, there's a there's a FedEx uh, in the Luxor. We can make that happen. We could make that happen. All right, so the Luxor. Let's just talk about the Luxor. No, 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 no. Let's <laughs> let's, let's talk about ma- let's talk about making it happen. <sighs> so real quick, can you give us a thirty foot a thirty thousand foot view about what Higher Logic does and why you came out here? Sure. So we actually uh, we were doing AI before ChatGPT was launched. Before it was cool. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so what we do is we'll listen to any live interview, so be it on Zoom, Teams, in person, on the phone, and we will extract all the intelligence about that candidate, what are their potential strengths, concerns, their skills, all those things, as well as information about the interview. How much of the job description did the interview cover? Uh, did the interviewer ask any questions they're not supposed to around age, gender, race, those types of things? And push that all into an ATS so that the recruiter or the hiring manager doesn't have to go back in and enter any of that information. So wait a minute, it says don't have to enter in any of that information. Is that information accessible via search, like a Boolean search string, or even even better? So um, it's it, the search capabilities of the ATS, it's available uh, based on however the ATS works. However, what we've done is we've also put on top of all this interview intelligence a chat GPT interface, so you can go up and say, hey, of the six salespeople we interviewed, which one has the best ability to prospect on their own? Which is not something you can really ask in a Boolean search. No. But this will interpret You that can ask, you're just not going to get an you're answer. You're not going to get an answer, right? <laughs> you can ask anything you want. Yeah, Who right. is the best salesperson? So he's being super humble here. Best he's telling sales you how it person. works. But when you, you've seen it in action, right? Yeah, I've seen it in action, yeah. but like... It is... Have you seen it? I don't think so. You need to see it. I do it need is to see sick. It. It, is, it, yes. it, is, it is probably the best product, software package I've seen this year. That's high praise coming from well, you. We uh, pretty much cut him off in midstream there, so go ahead and finish your thought. <laughs> no, no, I, I appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, look, I've, I've, as, a, as a startup, you know, C-level exec, I've had to interview a ton of people in my career. And it's self-serving for me to say this, but this, I, I, I never want to do another interview without it because I'm constantly spending time after an interview trying to give the candidate you know, their, their due by writing the pros and cons and stuff like that. And this does it for me automatically, which really so it's makes a like, difference. So it's kind of like, compare this to this side-by-side type of thing. Um, it, it's, it's better. I think it's a little bit different than that because you can ask the same questions and then compare the answers and okay. you can do the ratings and stuff. But, you know, imagine, you know, you, you've just 
over the span of, let's say, three weeks, you interviewed 20 candidates for, yeah. say, a customer service rep. Right. Now, the research shows you remember the first candidate and yep. the last one, but everyone in between is blended together. Okay? Mm -hmm. So yeah. imagine being able to go in and ask questions about the ideal candidate. Ask questions about the questions. Questions about the questions or responses and get that information in a natural language uh, UI, right? Okay, the natural language UI and you use customer success as a as an example, as a jumping off point. Mm -hmm. Where do you feel that there's the best use case for this utilization, right? Mm -hmm. Is it high volume hiring? Is it good frontline? What where where do we go here? So when we launched this, we're not that old, we've been in the market for less than a year. Um, most of the time was spent training that machine learning model to get really good. We spent about 12 to six, uh, 18 months training the model. But when we launched it, we felt like it would be knowledge workers. That would be the most obvious fit, right? You, where quality of hire is important, um, you're interviewing and asking them lots of questions. Interestingly, we launched a pilot with a job board and the majority of the positions were all service type yeah. uh, workers. So, all, you know, think of like a Popeyes, a Wendy's, uh, yeah. you know, Chick-fil-A. You're making me people. hungry right now, like <laughs> at the end of the day. Go ahead, I'm sorry to interrupt <laughs> you, my friend. Uh, but yeah, interviewing these people and and um, when we talked to them and, and asked them, hey, what is it about this that, why, do you, why are you using higher logic? They said, well, the people doing these interviews are not really trained on how to do it. So we like the yeah. fact that it can listen for things they shouldn't ask and give them some training and coaching on it. So it turned out that, yes, the output was useful, but the use case was more for improving the quality of the interview. Of the hiring manager of the hiring itself. Managers, who are but, very well trained in knowledge workers, but not very well trained in the... Supposedly, in, yeah. So, you know, right, you would think. Also, I was going to say, I don't know if this is, if you found this or not, but it makes sense to me logically, if you are looking at candidates that have a very defined skill set, it's a little bit easier to, let's just say, look at homogenous data and mm -hmm. create a pattern, right? Okay, there's 20 candidates and they all know how to write in this particular program. Yep. So now you're just looking at the quality of their programming and if you can read the code, you can kind of sort of tell. But if you got 20 candidates and you're interviewing for a very soft skill like yep customer service, there's not like a keyword that you can look there for. There really isn't. And and so, you know, it's a lot of behavioral interviewing. It, hey, yeah. have you been in a difficult customer service situation? Tell me how you solved it, right? Now, the response to that is, number one, not something that an interviewer typically writes good notes about and then goes back into an ATS and puts it in. And number Exclamation two. points, awesome in customer and service. And it could be yeah, right. any experience. Any and experience. from the experience, you can determine if that was a good customer experience or not. Yep but there's not a way to like search Bingo, that. bingo. Yeah. Bingo, the, exactly. The other thing we saw in that particular industry is the recruiters, so we, we also work with staffing and recruiting companies, not just the HR side. So a large staffing company that we're talking to has recruiters that hire for um, industrial labor. So we generate questions for interviews as well, and one of the questions they said is, hey, put in a CNC machine operator. One of the other ones was forklift operator. Because we we've never operated forklifts, what do we ask a forklift operator, right? So we generate questions, and the questions are amazing, and they, they, they basically cover different types of forklifts and stuff like that. So in addition to asking the right questions, you then get the analysis which you can mine. Interesting. What kind of questions 
Okay, so we talked about forklift operators and we talked about white collar. Tell me about a time you drove over someone's foot. Yeah, I know, I'm like, I'm sitting here and I'm like, I'm, my mind is just racing. I'm like, I'm like, I know all the questions that I should be asking somebody about Python or about R and how they use those implications. But like your use case for a forklift operator, it almost... What's the first thing you do when you get into the forklift? No, but it empowers the recruiter yeah. to ask and to give a more personalized experience is where I was, where I was trying to get to with that. Um, do you offer recruiter training on how to be a better recruiter? I'm just wondering from like an answerly kind of yeah, yeah, perspective, yeah. Rich. We, we don't offer, as a service, we don't offer that, but we have a dashboard in our product where if you're, if you're managing a team of recruiters, you can go into Higher Logic and you'll see up to the last call across your team how many interviews were done, what percentage had compliance issues. You can drill in, see the average interview duration, and try and pinpoint, you know, if this is your best recruiter, how are your newer recruiters doing relative to that? Oh, person? that's benchmarking. That's interesting. Yep. Now, the where you're seeing compliance issues, you're actually driving them back to the point of the compliance issue. That's right. So go back right. into the interview and, and hey, you know, why are you? Why is this person asking a lot of information about race? So this actually came up where we had an executive recruiting company. And one of the things that one of the recruiters would like to do is establish a rapport with the individual. So whenever they had an interesting accent, they would say, oh, that's an interesting accent. Where are you from originally? Ooh. Innocent enough, but not something you should ask. And, it, and our software picked that up as a potential And we'll bring issue. them back to that point in the conversation. Correct. Used for training. Oh, I, I, I like the use case for training. I mm -hmm. love how this could be used. Like, you know, I think about... I, I'm, I'm selfish. I immediately think about my team and how we can up-level my organization, you right? You know, that, that's where I think about that first. But then I think about the broader implication as to how this affects RPOs, right? Mm -hmm. Because RPOs are sent on an assignment to recruit and spin up very quickly. You need them to be excellent at what they do, and you need very little training time. But this offers that element that says this is how they're using the system, this is why they're using the system, these are the questions that they're providing. It gets me really excited about the RPO space, and I don't usually get excited about RPO. <laughs> Nobody does. <laughs> no. No. Ryan, just because you had a bad experience. Uh, my experience is done. My experience is done and dusted. All right. It's still 7-2 going into the 7th. Uh, my phone says that it's 8-2 to two going into the 7th. Oh, mine does say 8-2 to two now. That's okay, so better. just real quick, if you're tuning in, uh, Three weeks later, this is Ryan and Brian watching the <laughs> Phillies and Braves game as we're having this conversation with Rich. Um, so so uh, it doesn't look like the Braves are going to pull through unless there are... So, okay. So, uh, moving on. If you come back tonight, you deserve to take the series. I, I appreciate that. So, we've talked a little bit about generative AI. We've talked about trends in, in training. Mm -hmm. What trends do you see on the horizon for 2024? So first of all, I think what everyone's going to have to get ready for is AI regulation. That's coming. Oh hard wow! Yep. You're, the, you're the first guest who said that all day. That's mm -hmm. right. I, I think people are not they're not paying enough attention to it, and it's going to come, and it's going to come pretty hard in HR because all of the regulations that are being discussed in AI are around discrimination and privacy, yeah. and that's right in the heart of HR. It's, but yeah, there's already lawsuits. Already lawsuits, yeah. right? People, we won't name names, but have already been yep. hit here where you can't use AI for video interviews and stuff like that anymore. Mm -hmm. But what's interesting is I think there's an opportunity for HR leaders 
to actually step up in the organizations and be sort of the people who set the governance and policy for how HR, uh, how AI is used, not just in HR, but across the company. Okay, so across the company, what about what about the state and city and municipal, well, state and municipal? And there's the problem. Yeah, is that an organization can only do so much. And there's the problem. Yeah. 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 And this is the, HR has been dealing with these things for years, right? Hey, or not? These are or or ostensibly not. Where yeah. you're not supposed to ask these questions in this state, or you you know the, this is the the holiday laws in this particular state, right? Mm -hmm. It's it's a, that's why I guess we have some of our ADP paychecks and other companies to help with those things. Excellent. Yeah. But All basically, right. it's a bias question, right? Yeah. It's yeah. a matter of bias, and any way that you introduce bias into the process, that's right. That's right. you're going to have some kind of repercussion, and in this case, it's uncontrolled bias, that's because right. you don't know what the and, bias is. And, and so, you know, one of the, the laws are being very clear that you can't have AI tools make the decision on behalf of the human. Yep. So even when we present data, we're very careful about how we label it, it's a potential concern as opposed to giving a score or a ranking or something that determines whether a candidate should proceed to the next level. Do you think, because there's the hidden bias. Yeah. So now, Rich, do, do you think that the, the companies that are ranking candidates today, is that going to have to go away? They're already in violation of the New York City law. 144, yeah. Yep. So basically LinkedIn. Uh, I, has, does LinkedIn rank? Yeah, it's with results AI? one through ten, and then twenty through oh, thirty. Oh, oh. Yeah, that's I mean, a rank. Oh, that, yeah. yeah, if they have some. Yeah. <laughs> Just think about I, it. Yeah, that's true. I mean, if, <laughs> if they're using AI to do matching and ranking, then yeah, that that could be subject to that yeah. law. It's interesting. I, I, I don't know. I, I kind of think about some of the other tools that I've seen about candidate ranking. That ranks a candidate as an A candidate or a mm -hmm. B candidate mm -hmm. or a C candidate, um, and then undetermined variable, which throws me for a curveball because I'm like, why didn't you just rank them as a D or an F? I mean, um, but at what point is this over-regulated? So, great question. Because you, have, you have to here, here's be able the, to Here's the problem with this regulation, though, right, is all the research shows that humans are extremely biased, mm -hmm. right? Whether it's scanning resumes, um, ranking, you know, candidates, what have you, it's heavily based on gut instinct. So, now you've got this AI tool that ostensibly maybe improves Learned it a little bit, humans. right? But you're putting all this regulation on it, so are you actually killing a solution that might help with the problem before it even has a chance to mature? All right, that's a, that's a good question. That's a question that I think that Rich means that we should have you back on the Sourcing School podcast in the next six months to kind of see where things are headed and where things have developed. Uh, I'm Brian Fink, this is Ryan Leary, that is Shelly Stackrell, and this is Rich from Higher Logic. Thanks for joining us on Olio's presentation of the Sourcing School podcast. Wow, wow, wow.